Would you now take your Bible and turn, turn in your Bible for the message to 2 Chronicles chapter 29, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, and take the message outline if you wish to use it from your bulletin. If you don't have one, slip your hand up and ushers if you can quickly pass out a message outline to anyone who might need one. As you're turning in your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 29, I thought I would just let you know that Sunday, September 4th, Sunday, September 4th at 11 a.m. and 6.30 is going to be extra special because we have the privilege of having our steel drummer friend, Vince Cato. Vince Cato, as our guest musician, uh, many of you ask us, when is it that he's coming back? And so just want you to know he's going to be here September the 4th playing those beautiful drums and honoring God through uh, the hymns that he plays. Amen. Our theme for today and for several upcoming messages is this. How can you and I experience greater spiritual revival? How can you and I experience greater spiritual revival? Revival is about starting and or developing a closer relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a part of revival. Revival is being more excited, more excited about our faith in Jesus. Revival is about growing deeper, deeper in our love towards the Lord and towards one another. It is also experiencing victory over past hurts, bad habits, and, and hang-ups. Revival in includes becoming more obedient, more obedient to the Lord and to his holy Bible, to have a heart that says, Lord, I want to live a life in obedience to what I read, what I discover from your Bible. I want to live a life in obedience to the direction of your Holy Spirit in my life. Revival is about becoming more and more on fire for the Lord. And so I want to ask, I want to ask all of us here to pray and to prepare our minds and hearts towards our revival services this coming fall, Sunday, September the 25th to Friday, September the 30th. Our revival speaker, as you have no doubt read in the bulletin, will be Dr. Anthony Manswell, president of Caribbean Nazarene College in Trinidad. He spoke here about a year ago, and many of you were so blessed. You were eager for us to get him back, and we have the privilege of having him now for the full series of revival services. And singer Donette Thompson Hall will be our guest soloist from Monday through Friday. So I want to ask, I ask all of us to be mindful and prayerful, all right, prayerful. I ask all of you here in our Rosewood Sanctuary, and I want to ask our radio listeners and those that listen by internet to please put on your calendar the dates for our revival services, plan to be here, and regularly pray, Lord, Lord, I want to experience a greater spiritual revival in my own heart, in my own soul. Amen? Amen. One individual that we can learn a lot, <clears throat> a lot from in regards to revival from the Holy Bible is King Hezekiah. 
The Lord used King Hezekiah to bring about tremendous renewal and revival in the nation of Judah. He was king. He was king uh, back around 700 B.C. And uh, he made an incredible spiritual difference in the life of his family and the whole nation. In fact, a beautiful summary of Hezekiah's life is given in a couple of Bible verses in another part of the Bible, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 5 and 6, where the Bible says this. The Bible says, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. Hezekiah remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. Now that is an incredible summary of a person's life. It's just, just awesome. Okay, now today let's, let's read a part of 2 Chronicles chapter 29, the first three verses, and let's begin to discover how you and I can experience more of a personal spiritual renewal revival. Second Chronicles 29, verse one says this. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight just as his ancestor David had done. In the very first month of the year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. Let's pause right there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this part of your Holy Bible. We thank you for the truths that we're able to discover from this part of your word and from Hezekiah. Guide our thinking, guide our response, Lord. Open up our minds and hearts to your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. As we begin to reflect upon the life of Hezekiah and these first few verses here, the first truth I want to ask you to think upon and focus upon is this. Make a decision to do what is pleasing in the Lord's sight. This is a critical truth in terms of you and I experiencing greater spiritual revival. Make a decision to do what is pleasing in the Lord's sight. And this truth, of course, comes from uh, the verses where we just read, verse 1 and 2, where we're told that Hezekiah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. Now stick with me. Someone might think it was easy for Hezekiah to do what was pleasing in God's sight, but when you understand his family background, you realize that Hezekiah went against the policies and practices and example of his own father, King Ahaz. He went very contrary to, to how his own father lived his life. Notice with me what Hezekiah's father was, was like. 
Let's read 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 28, just the previous chapter, verse 29, which says, which says this. It says, The Lord was humbling Judah, that is the country, because of King Ahaz of Judah, for the Lord had encouraged his people to sin, for, I'm sorry, for he, that is Ahaz, for he had encouraged his people to sin and had been utterly unfaithful to the Lord. Now that describes Hezekiah's father. Verse 19 says, King Ahaz encouraged his people to sin and had been utterly or totally unfaithful to the Lord. Now I hope, I hope that will never be said of you or you or you or you or me. I hope, radio listeners, that would never be said of you, of any of us. Amen? Now, notice further what Hezekiah's father was like. Second Chronicles 28, beginning at verse 22. Second Chronicles 28, beginning at verse 22. No, notice what his father was like. This is the background out of which Hezekiah came from. Verse 22 says, even during this time of trouble, King Ahaz continued to reject the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus who had defeated him. For he said, since these gods help the kings of Aram, they will help me too if I sacrifice to them. But instead, they led to his ruin and ruin of Judah. The king took the king took the various articles from the temple of God and broke them into pieces. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple so that no one could worship there, and he set up altars to pagan gods in every corner of Jerusalem. He made pagan shrines in all the towns of Judah for offering sacrifices to other gods. In this way, he aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of his ancestors. Now, what I, want, what I want us to realize is that when the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 29 verse 2, when it says that Hezekiah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, this, this was major news. All right, you and I could just skip over that and think, oh, well, that's nice. But this was, this was, this was transforming. This was major, major news. It was a big deal. It was a new day for the family, and it was a new day for the nation of Judah. It was a big change for Hezekiah's family. Big time. And my friends, one of the biggest steps which Hezekiah took in bringing about spiritual revival, renewal in his family and in his nation was he made the decision to do what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Not just on one occasion, but repeatedly, again and again. And I want to challenge all of us, I want to challenge you as I challenge myself on a continual basis to make decisions to do what is pleasing in God's sight. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. Now, how, how can you and I really, really uh, live this out in real life, in, in practical ways? Well, here, here are a few ways. Here are a few ways. Reflect upon, for instance, your thoughts. Your thoughts. Go ahead and fill in your notes for those of you who are using the message outline. Think about your thoughts. If you have a thought that comes to your mind, 
ask yourself, does thinking about this or does having this thought, does it please God or does it grieve God? Right? Does this thing that I'm thinking about, does it please God or does it grieve God? There's a Bible verse in Micah chapter 2 verse 1 which says this. It says, what sorrow awaits you who lie awake at night thinking up evil plans. Now Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, and this is in your notes, tells us that the kinds of thoughts you and I should fill our minds with are, are, are these. Philippians 4, 8 says. And uh, why don't we read it uh, from the big screen together. Philippians 4, 8, together. Read it out loud. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that marvelous? That is what God wants us to think upon. Now also, reflect upon words you might use, words you and I might use. All right? If you have some words you are thinking about speaking to someone or sending in an email or you're thinking about texting to someone or sending anonymously... Ask yourself, ask yourself, would communicating these words be pleasing to the Lord? Right? Would communicating these words be pleasing to the Lord? Colossians 4, 6. Look, this is beautiful. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Wow. Proverbs 15, 28 says, the heart of of the godly. Come on now. Read it read it together in unison. Together in unison. All right? The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Say it again. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Wow. 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 <laughs> my little my little 2-year-old grandson would say, "You see that? You see that?" <laughs> Reflect also upon your potential actions. Actions. Are your intended actions going, going to be pleasing to the Lord? For example, if you are thinking of taking advantage of someone or some organization, ask yourself, would this be pleasing to the Lord? Now, I, I can honestly, fortunately, I can honestly say to you that I try, I try very hard not to take advantage of any person or any organization. But recently, and I wasn't sure about telling you this because it doesn't exactly make me look that good. But, um, but anyway, recently, I almost did something which made me feel very bad. And I'm not even sure that my wife knows how bad I felt about it. On our vacation, my wife and I were on an ice cruise. We went cruising. And at one point, 
At one point, we received a note inviting us and, and a group of other people to a, a little reception, a little reception to meet the captain and other senior staff. Those of you who have been on cruises have probably had similar invitations on occasion. Now, one of the benefits, one of the benefits of this reception was you can order, you can order whatever drinks you wanted for free. For free, like usually on, on uh, cruises, you know, you can eat all you want, but you know, if you want a soda, a pop, or whatever, you, you have to pay for them. It's, it's strange, but anyway, that's the way it is. So anyway, one of, one of the big benefits of being invited to this get-together with this captain was you could order whatever drinks you wanted for free. There, there's a particular non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic drink, <laughs> which, which I started to like, which, which my wife made me aware of, okay? It, 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 I, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, it, like a, a beautiful milkshake and nice and smooth and cold and whatever. But anyway, so there's, there's this non-alcoholic drink which I, which I started to like, but normally, normally, I would not, I would not buy it because it costs, it co at least on a ship, it costs almost $8 Canadian per, per drink. When you, honey, when you do all the, when you do all of the, um, you know, you have to give a tip uh, and uh, you convert it. I, I, I made the calculation, it was almost $8 per drink. So at this captain's reception, at this captain's reception, however, the drinks and the snacks were free, okay? So as soon as we entered the room, my wife and I, requested this beautiful, free, cold drink, one for each of us. Halfway into the presentation, I, I, I finished the first drink, and so halfway into the presentation, I requested a second beautiful, free drink. And just, just before the captain's reception was to be over, just before I was about to finish, I whispered to my wife, I said, honey, honey, I'll order two more drinks to put, our, to put in our little fridge in the cabin, <laughs> which we can drink later, okay? Well, my, my, wife, my wife spoiled my party, but she was right. My wife said something like this. She said, she said well, if we request any more free drinks, we would be taking advantage of the ship's kindness. That's what she said. We would take be taking advantage of the ship's kindness. And therefore, therefore, I did not order a third free drink for my wife and I. She can't say I don't listen to her. Sometimes. And by, by the way, by the way, if I had, if I had have ordered a third free drink for my wife and I, how many of you, how many of you think I would have been taking advantage of the ship's kindness? How many of you think I would have been taking advantage? Would you put your hand up, please? I see those hands. Well, fortunately, praise God, it's not as many hands as I thought. <laughs> Radio listeners, I don't know. Radio listeners, there might be 10% of the congregation with their hands up. Okay, radio listeners. Okay, all right. Let me ask another question. 
How many of you, how many of you, since I was invited, we were invited to this get-together with the captain, how many of you don't think I would have been taking advantage of the ship's kindness? Put your hand up. How many of you don't think? Wow, 90%. 90% of you don't think I would have been taking advantage. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate your opinion. However, I feel that on that occasion, on that occasion, on that occasion, my wife was right. And after she said what she said, I felt bad that I was going overboard and quite frankly being too greedy, thinking of asking for a third expensive drink. Because my wife was right, would you give her a hand please? Give her a hand. Okay? All right, now, I say all that to say this. My friends, whether it is, oh, did someone say stand and take a bow, Cindy? Go ahead, stand, stand. Uh, anyway, all right. Whether, whether it is in regards to small or big matters, my friends, and, and I hope you see the example I gave you as a, as a small matter, although, it, uh, Cindy, it, it really did bother me after after you told me that, you know, we really shouldn't ask for another one. But anyway, whether it's small or big issues, let's regularly ask ourselves, is what I'm thinking of doing something which would please the Lord or would it grieve, grieve, G-R-I-E-V-E, -E, grieve the Lord? Thinking further along these lines, for instance, for instance, if you, if you are intending to skip church, to go to a sporting event or to go to Niagara Falls on Sunday, is that going to please the Lord? Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you're with me. If you are, if you're intending, if you're intending to not give your tithe because you want to buy that new cell phone or new TV that has more gadgets and the other ones work perfectly fine, is that going to please the Lord? Oh, you're real with me. All right, it must be all the great preaching you heard from Pastor Lisa and, and Pastor Lucas when I was on vacation a few weeks ago. Amen. Uh, if, ever, if ever you are thinking, if ever you are thinking of having sex outside of marriage, or if ever you are thinking of having an abortion, ask yourself, will this please the Lord? Right? On the other hand, if you are intending to help someone with your time, your skills, and or your money, and you ask yourself the question, will this please the Lord, you know, you know that in most cases, the answer will be what? Yes. Yes, indeed. My friends, Hezekiah made a decision to do what is pleasing, what is pleasing in the Lord's sight. And the question is this, will you and I do the same on a daily basis? This is a very important step in experiencing personal, spiritual Revival. Think with me. How can you and I make decisions?
to do what is pleasing in God's sight. I've shared with you some of the ways in which we can make decisions. And today, I invite you, I, I ask you to say, Lord, I will do. We'll continue on the message next Sunday. But today, I want to ask you to say, Lord, I am going to be like Hezekiah. And I am going to do on a daily basis, whatever the situation might be, I am going to do what is pleasing in your sight. You've got to make that choice. I have to make that choice. We have to daily choose to please the Lord. As you wake up each day this week, as we lead up to our revival services, I want to encourage us to approach each day with this spirit of, Lord, I want to do what is pleasing in your sight. And the first major step in doing what is pleasing in the Lord's sight is for each one of us to repent of our sins, to ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins and to believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay the price for our sins and to say, Lord, from this day onward, I commit my life to you I dedicate my life to you, and Lord, I want to live my life, I want to live my life wanting to please you. Have you started, have you started your journey, your spiritual journey with the Lord Jesus? If not, this is the day when you can start. This is the day when you can say, Lord, I ask for forgiveness of sins, and I commit my heart, I commit my life to Jesus. And as you have started, the many of us who have already started, let's each one of us continue faithfully to say, I am going to please you. Would you stand, church family? Would you stand as our musicians come? Would you stand? Let's pray. Dear Lord, just as Hezekiah made decisions to please you, I pray that you would help each one of us to do likewise. For I've discovered, Lord, from Hezekiah that this was a critical step that he took to bring about revival in his own country and in his own family. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help each one of us to be a Hezekiah. To be a Hezekiah, Lord. This is our prayer. As we look ahead to our revival services, we want to prepare our minds and hearts so that truly, truly, we are going to experience good and greater and 
greater things in our spiritual lives and in our families and in our work and all that we're involved in. This is our prayer. Oh God, may there be a, a great, a great wave, a great sweeping wave of all of us saying, Lord, I want to please you. Let it be so. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.